1: Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tuttle, Colton Duanas, ESPN Sports Center. Welcome to the weekend, people. Uh, Missoula Big Sky used a powerful second half to defeat Bozeman two weeks ago, then trailing 28 0 to Hellgate last week. The Eagles won the second half 21 7, though it wasn't a loss. Thursday in Missoula, the Eagles almost found second half magic again before falling ultimately 23-20 to Helena High. After falling behind 16-7 at half, Big Sky scored two unanswered touchdowns in the third quarter to take a 2016 lead to the final frame. But Helena scored the final touchdown. The Bengals also racked up five hundred one yards of total offense to Big Sky's 176. Helena High is now three-and-one while the Eagles are one and three.
0: For the first 22 minutes of the first half, building Skyview hung tough with Bozeman, but the first of Asher Croy's four touchdowns and a 33-yard field goal by Alexander Swan in the final two minutes of the second quarter gave Bozeman a 17-0 lead and all the momentum on the way to a 58-0 win. The Hawks scored five touchdowns in the third quarter, including a pick six and a blocked punt for a touchdown. Bozeman now 3-1, Skyview 0-4.
1: Mere prep matchups highlight tonight's slate around the state. Is number three, Manhattan. It goes to Missoula to take on number four, Loyola, in Class B. That game will be right here on SWX Montana Television. In Class AA, Battle of Undefeated's in Helena. As Helena Capital hosts Missoula Sentinel, they're both 3-0. and And Hellgate is 2-0. They're hosting. Flathead, who is 0-3. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Take this
3: job and shove it working no and took all the i
1: was working for you it's the antonio brown, brown playlist on a friday afternoon out
0: the door Take this job i don't even know what time it is i don't even know what day it is i don't think antonio
1: brown does either it's friday and it's 5 and it's the weekend boys and girls Ooh. it is officially here Boy, howdy. How are you? Great to be with you. And if you're a Seahawk fan, this is the time for you. Okay? It's time for 12 minutes for the 12s, which we do each and every week at 5 o'clock on Friday. We're going to start it right now. It is new ones. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula, Highway 83 in Seeley, and online at kurtzpolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web, 1029 espncom You can listen live there. listen live tab. Uh, it is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can check it out on the podcast, the Two Tell Niwanas podcast, all over the place on your favorite podcasting platforms. You'll listen to Two Tell Niwanas podcast, rate it, review it, love it, like it. However, the thing works, do it. Appreciate that. It's brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Uh, Coulter, 1029 ESPN Radio in Missoula is the official affiliate of the Seattle Seahawks all season long. We will bring you the Seahawks-New Orleans Saints game on Sunday. Ziggy Ansah making a Seattle Seahawks debut. All of a sudden, Colter, a team that couldn't get a pass rush, has Jadavion Clowney and Ezekiel Ansah coming off the edges. I mean, gracious mercy, if these boys are healthy, what's going to happen?
0: It's just amazing the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately meat market at the NFL is. Oh, no. uh, Jadavion Clowney's like 26 years old. Right. He's, just, he's just out. Hey. But oftentimes when the guys are out, and then they still have gas left in the tank, and now they have a newfound motivation,
1: 68-year college football coach Pete Carroll, for one. No doubt. Bouncing around.
0: But when you still have something left to prove, and you know you still got something left in the tank, then that's when you can
1: be the most scary you've ever been. Well, both of these gentlemen fit that bill. Uh, and in any case, uh, so this is what we're going to do. The top of the hour, every Friday, 5 o'clock, 12 minutes for the 12s. A uh, 12-minute uh, interview that we're going to do with somebody who knows about the Seattle Seahawks, specifically Michael Sean Dugar. Michael Sean is a, uh, a beat writer, covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. Uh, he went to Wazoo, covered actually Idaho for a while.
0: That's how I got to know Michael Sean. He was covering the, uh Idaho Vandals for the Lewistown uh, Tribune, which is good paper, really good paper, actually. And uh, they cover... Uh, the Vandals, as hard as anybody, because Lewistown's only, you know, what, 30 minutes right, from Moscow? Right. And so, you know, they're like a local beat paper. And I met him at the Big Sky Tournament in Reno, thought he was doing a, a really good job. And uh, so then here we are, a couple years later, he's doing a great job covering the Seahawks. Uh, yep. for the he, Athletic he went
1: and, to work for the Seattle Post Intelligence, or covering the, covering the Hawks, and then uh, moved on from there to the Athletics. So uh, here you go, our inaugural 12 for the 12 segment, our conversation on the Regis Brothers RV phone line with Michael Sean Dugar of The Athletic. Michael, Sean, thanks so much for taking some time and being with us. We're looking forward to doing this with you throughout the year. No problem. Anything for the 12s, especially the ones in uh, Montana. Hey, there you go. I mean, they're everywhere. They're infiltrating the universe here. So even out here with the Deer and the Bears, we got some Seahawks fans. Imagine that. Uh, Want to talk about coming off of two wins, 2-0 the Seahawks, obviously. But – just barely getting by. I mean, three total points in terms of their combined wins and then going up against another backup quarterback this week in New Orleans. Uh, What's the state of the Seahawks right now? Got to be happy with the wins, but still very close, and it looks like they still have a lot of room to improve.
3: Yeah, I mean, unless your point differential looks like the Patriots right now, which I think theirs is like, what, 75 or something like that? You know, it's a lot more than three, which is the Seahawks right now. Then, yeah, you got some – some areas to improve in, but, but Pete Carroll has a brand of football that, you know, and I, he, I talked to him about this last month. He basically was like, look, Bud Grant always said, at least I think it was Bud Grant, longtime Vikings coach. It was like, look, if you did it, the way to judge uh, if you did a good coaching job is did your team have a chance to win the game in the end or, you know, in the fourth quarter? Yeah, you know, that kind of drives why Pete Carroll has that speech. You know, at the end, can you win the game in the first quarter? No, blah blah. You know, right. I mean, can you win the game in the fourth quarter? Everyone says yeah, uh, because you know, at the end of the day, did your team have a chance to win? And it makes sense when you think about it why Pete believes in that and why his team never gets blown out. I think they've been blown out twice uh, since Russell's been drafted, right? Which is just unreal. With you know how often the good teams can even put up a stinker uh, in this league. So, because he has that philosophy. You know, they, they're always in it at the end of the game. However, the other team is usually going to be in it, too, right? Because the, the gap between teams, you know, is not that significant. Yeah, like the Patriots are 40 points better than the Dolphins. Yeah, right. Okay. So is everybody. <laughs> right. You know, like the Ravens were 50 points better than the Dolphins, <laughs> right. I think. So the, throw, the, throw the Dolphins out of this. And for the most part, the, like the, the worst team and the best team, they're only separated. Like, look at the worst defense versus the best defense. So you probably get, like, a scoring differential of probably, like, 10 points. Right. Right, like, separates the worst team from the best team. So, you're, the the gap isn't large. So, if your philosophy is, all right, let's just have a chance at the end. You're going to have a lot of games where the other team has a chance, too. And Pete's all right with that. And it works because he has one of the more clutch quarterbacks, you know, in the league. You know, it's kind of all the perfect things working together. But it's all stems from his philosophy.
0: We've talked about the Seahawks and the evolution of the roster under Pete Carroll over the last couple years, and it's been so interesting to watch because I think that in the NFL now, I think everybody understands the basic premise of what's going on in terms of the way teams are now paying quarterbacks and then the way that they can impact your franchise I think the Seahawks are kind of on the forefront of that. They won that Super Bowl when Russell Wilson was getting paid like a third-round draft pick. They were able to pay the whole rest of the roster, and they had a, a lot of really highly paid guys. And since then, they had to pay Russell Wilson. A lot of those guys have gone by the wayside, or they weren't able to re-sign them, or you know they just became expendable because of age, whatever it might be. But I think that there's a lot of skeptics that thought there's no way the Seahawks are going to be able to keep their head above water. As soon as that Russell Wilson contract is in full f- force, they're not going to be able to support him. They're not going to be able to surround him. But now here they are, 2-0, and maybe not even close to the brand-name guys that they've had in the last couple of years, especially at the offensive skill positions, especially you know in the defensive secondary. In your mind, how have, they, how have they been able to do that, and how much is this an influence of Pete Carroll?
3: You, know, you don't survive in this league as long as Pete has without being a reload. Now, this isn't like Popovich and the Spurs, right, where you get like the same core guys, you know, and maybe they have, like, the, the cores, Bobby and, and Russell, whatever. Maybe you count KJ, too. But, like, in basketball, if you have a core of three guys, well, you're only playing five at a time. So, like, half the team stays the same, essentially, where in football, you have to be able to rebuild. That's what Bill Belichick was able to do every year. Like, look at some of the guys. That, like, he's been winning since 2002, man. Like, that that takes some reloading. Even the Steelers are are, are a typically good team every year, right? But... It's a, we're a long ways away from like uh, you know James Harrison and Trey Palomalu. That was a long time ago, and you know they're still really good. The Packers have usually been a good team, you know, but they've moved on from you know having like Charles Woodson playing safety or whoever back when they're really good. So like you have to reload in this league. The Saints too as well. Keep but look at what all those teams have in common: the same quarterback. Once you have a good quarterback, you're just plugging in at that point. Now, I mean, plugging in is very hard. You still have to draft well. And the Seahawks haven't done that at the top of the draft as much. Uh, but like, if you think about it, you what's well, this is the other part, you need an ego to be a really good coach in this league. Right? Like if you're Pete, you're this mad scientist who found the Legion of boom, right? You and John and your scouts, you found the Legion of boom in 2010, 2011, 2012. Boom. Right. Cool. You created a Legion of boom. You have to think you have to in this league that you can do that. Again, doesn't mean you find another carbon copy of like Richard and Earl and Cam, but you have to believe as a staff, like that goes from scouting to coaches to whatever. That you can create that again. You just have to because this game doesn't last forever. The guys only play for what four years on average. Mm -hmm. But you have to think that you have to have the ego, like yo, I'll just make another Richard. I'll make another Cam. I'll make another Earl because at the end of the day, it's our scheme and it's our culture and it's our uh, it's our coaching staff at the end of the day. Maybe that's not true. I have to actually argue that it's not. But you have to think that. And if you think that and you believe in it and everyone else in the building believes in it, then, yeah, you can have a level of consistency regardless of who's, you know, playing. As long as you have a really good quarterback. It doesn't work without a really good quarterback.
1: Michael Sean Dugar joining us. He writes, uh, covers the Seahawks for The Athletic, also co-hosts the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast. You can check him out there as well. And he joins us as we cover the Seattle Seahawks, 12 for the 12s, 5 o'clock every Friday. Michael Sean, you know we got to bring this back to Montana, though, and Will Disley going out, getting a couple of scores last week. I mean, this guy he got, you know, obviously a major injury. I think it was a game three, maybe four last year. But before that, he had a couple touchdowns last season. He gets two here. He's got like four scores in four or five games as a pro. Uh, this is the best tight end in the league, am I right? Coming out of Montana, this
3: guy here, he's,
1: he's killing it.
3: I, he is killing it. I wouldn't go so far as to say. <laughs> am, am,
1: am I out over my skis a little on that one? All right,
3: annoyed yeah, the, the, uh, the guy. There's a guy with a comb over in uh, Kansas City who's pretty good. I think he's got the he's got the title right now. Now that Gronk is uh, somewhere losing weight and kicking it with LeBron James, but I, I mean, yeah, Will is really really good, man. Yeah, it was week four that he uh, suffered that I think a torn patella tendon. Yeah, I believe. And it kind of got overshadowed because at the same day Earl Thomas broke his leg, um, so like people kind of forgot about Will. And Will's injury happened in the first quarter, and Earl's happened, in, I believe, in the fourth. So the entire game had been played without Will, where it was like, oh my goodness. And Will also didn't put off Pete Carroll uh, when he got taken off the field. I guess that was the big difference. That there. was the but, other. Yeah,
1: he did not get the memes going uh, with the, with the bird there towards Pete.
3: Yeah, no, he he, he did not good for him because he's still in the contract, so he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, but like, w- the thing with, with Will is it kind of goes back to what I was saying about ego, right? Like, And basically roster management. Like, okay, cool. You had Jimmy Graham, and you know I think he led the league in red zone touchdowns uh, his final year here. I think he was second in the league in receiving touchdowns in general uh, that year with 10. But for $10 million a year, which uh, I think he's also making in Green mm-hmm. Bay right now, Seahawks had to figure, all right, cool. This Jimmy guy is great, but he don't even block. So if we're going to you know, pay $10 million to anybody, we're going to make sure they can do you know, some, some blocking and some pass catching. And instead of paying for that, well, they did pay for that. They were like, we'll give Ed Dixon like $3 bucks or whatever. Like, you know, we can just draft somebody. Because you have to think that. Otherwise, you would never even need the draft. You have to think we can just find a cheaper version of this guy who's offering said talent. The only time you don't think that is when you have somebody who's the best at their position, or you have someone like Tyler or Justin Britt or B Mac. Who's like, okay, cool. You're kind of like in the middle. So we can just kind of get you on a bargain. But other than that, you have to think we can replace them. And will his credit, man, I think he's got, uh, I want to get this wrong, like five touchdowns and like six starts Mm -hmm, or something like the dude, the dude is crazy. He's only got like 12 catches or 12 or 13 catches, you know, and he's catching touchdowns. So like he's, and he, and he blocks, right? So, he can hold his own on the line and like a play action, like sneak out of the back. I think he did that for his first career touchdown in Denver last year, week one. Like he's a more versatile player in this offense, at least than they, than they had in Jimmy Graham, which is saying a lot because Jimmy's one of the best receiving tight ends I've ever seen in my life. Uh, So will, but because he has like that versatility, he's a better asset because in this league, you've got to block especially in this offense. You know, when you have, we got Jermaine and Freddie getting pushed back and you got your first two games of week one were against Bon Miller and Khalil Mack and even this week you get Cam Jordan, TJ Watt, you know, like you have to help. And once you can do that and then go out and torch the other team passing, yeah, then you're then you're a great asset. Better than some of the tight ends they've had in the past.
0: We get you out of here on this. Seahawks play of the Saints, and that was a, gonna be a premier matchup, and it still might be, but New Orleans Saints without Drew Brees for the first time in a long time. Sean Payton's been talking all week playing a two-quarterback system. Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater is going to be the starter, but they're also going to have a healthy dose of Taysom Hill to set the stage for this matchup
3: for us. And the, the two-quarterback system is such a bad idea. Such like, a I, bad that, idea. I, I, hope, I hope, Drew. I mean, I think Sean Payton is like, kind of like playing coy. I don't think he really plans on like an equal you know, uh, snap share between the, the two because that's just so bad, right? As, you see teams try that in college. And it just uh, it just doesn't work. I think they were trying that, you know, drop a Montana name. I think they were trying that with Chad Challis at mm, Idaho, oh yeah. um, with I think it was him and Matt Linehan were doing the two quarterback thing. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it just
1: they're it still doing work. it in Idaho right now, and it ain't working out all that great. I must say.
3: Uh, yeah, no, that's a. I mean,
1: man, you want to talk about nepotism, brand down.
3: <laughs> oh closely, man, but, but that is a. Uh, that's neither neither here nor there. But anyway, the two quarterback thing, it, it doesn't work. You need one guy who's really good, you know, because if you put Taysom in there, right, the ox, no, he's not throwing the ball. You know, he did not even to say he cannot throw, you know, I, I, at BYU, he could throw in the NFL. He does not throw. And that's more important. You know, like you haven't done it. So we're not worried about it. And we know that's not your strength. I think he's attempted seven passes, you know, in his, in his career. I think he's caught more balls than he's thrown. Right. So, you can't just put him out there and and run your offense because you're one dimensional. The worst thing in the NFL is being one dimensional. That's why every defense's goal is to take away something. Some teams are like, all right, cool. We're going to make sure you can throw a lot of teams are like, let's stop the run first and make them one dimensional. So like, Hey, makes them one dimensional. You can't lean on him for an entire game. So they're going to play Teddy. Can Teddy beat the Seahawks in Seattle? I don't know. Probably not, (laughs) but you know, he can make it close because he has all-pro talent uh, helping him out. Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league. Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs, you know, in the league. Like, Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the league. You put that together, and any team can win one game. Like, I don't think the Dolphins go over 16 Like, any, any team can luck around and win one. Actually, I take that back. The Dolphins might go They might. Yes, they might. But the Saints can luck can luck up and win one game. uh Let's see. Kirk Cousins came in here in 2017 with no run game and no O line. Beat the Legion of Boom, right? Like it's it's this is in 2017. Yeah, without Earl Thomas, but still, like you can do it. So I don't think the Saints will win. I think I projected them to lose by 10, 23, 13. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know you see big days from the big time players on the Saints. You know, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, uh, Alan Kamara, Michael Thomas. Like those guys ain't scrubs, right? Those are elite talent. So because you have them and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't like completely suck, uh, you have a chance. And so Seattle's still going to have to play some of its best football to win this game.
1: 225 Mountain kickoff. That uh, game will be on air on ESPN Radio here in uh, Missoula and Western Montana starting at noon with the pregame and then uh, the game starting at 225. Whenever the Saints go to Seattle it brings nothing but warm happiness to every Seahawk fan because outside <laughs> of the Super Bowl win, the single greatest moment in Seahawk history happened on a playoff game where the Seahawks were major underdogs. That was a 7-9 football team that made it into the postseason. And then uh, you give the ball to one beast mode and it's all over but the shouting. And, uh, and people will be reliving that moment for the next two days for sure across the Pacific Northwest.
3: Oh, yeah, I think the Steelers played. Actually, not think. I know they played Super Bowl forty highlights when the Seahawks came on to the field, and I was like, "Ooh, man, that's a great like troll job. That's Mm. pretty petty." Especially since Walter Jones was at the game. He was sitting just a few seats from me. I was like, "Oh, that's a burn. I got really. (laughs) That's really good." Uh, And what the Seahawks should do is just. Like, I don't even know if they should do player introductions, especially since uh, I think the league just banned pyrotechnics because there was a fire. That's <laughs> so the a, fire. A, some stadium. I don't, I don't remember who had the fire. It was a Tennessee, fire,
0: symbolic of their future this year.
3: Oh, ouch. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think the league today just, just banned uh, that. And, you know, the, the Seahawks used fire when the guys run onto the field. They should just scratch that. And everyone should look up at the big screen and just play the Beast Quake from every angle possible. Like, play the ESPN Deportes call, play the Steve Rabel call, play, like, whoever, play the Saints guy's call, too, just to to hear the depression in his voice. Like, (laughs) they should just keep doing that on loop for about, like, five minutes, and then just go to the Nathalem. Right after that.
1: I love it. Michael Sean Dugar, find him uh, at The Athletic, covering the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast as well. Michael Sean, really appreciate the time. Look forward to this all year, All right. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that we don't just broadcast
0: from our bedrooms.
1: I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here and we also have to do sales things and we also have a marketing department and we also have a general manager and a program director. We're a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. It's the only voicemail you have that's not
1: full. That is a fact and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands, and Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP, it's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Sports Center. Missoula Big Sky used a powerful second half to defeat Bozeman two weeks ago, trailing 28-0 to Hellgate last week. The Eagles won the second half there as well, though they lost ultimately in that crosstown showdown. Thursday... In Missoula, the Eagles almost found second-half magic before falling 23-20 to Helena High. After being behind 16-7 at a halftime, the Eagles scored two unanswered touchdowns in the third quarter to take a 2016 lead into the fourth quarter. But Helena scored the final touchdown of the game. The, the, the Bengals racked up 501 yards of total offense against Big Sky's 176, and the Bengals are now 3-1 while Big Sky is 1-3.
0: For the first 22 minutes of the first half, Billing Skyview hung tough with Bozeman Thursday night, but the first of four Asher-Croy touchdowns and a 33-yard field goal by Alexander Swan in the final two minutes of the second quarter gave Bozeman a 17-0 lead and all the momentum on the way to a 58-0 win. The Hawks scored five touchdowns in the third quarter, including a pick six for a touchdown, as well as a blocked punt for a touchdown. Bozeman, 3-1 and one, Skyview, 0-4
1: premier prep matchups tonight across the state at the class b level number three manhattan goes to missoula to take on number four voyola that game can be seen on swx montana television in double a it's a battle of undefeateds. says missoula sentinel is at number three helena capital they're both three and oh and hellgate is two and zero. their homecoming is at seven o'clock they're hosting zero three flathead we love around here football that's what and it is time for our weekly picks against the spread Uh, we are going to pick all of the nfl games against the spread but you can't hear them all here you're going to hear our top five here and then you can hear the rest of them on the podcast we'll have that for you so uh here's name it podcast only uh, uh uh content for you did we name what the podcast you guys were yeah, it's the 2 tell Nuwana's podcast. That's not the podcast we're talking about. This is the Two-Telling Nuwana's podcast.
0: I understand. Didn't, okay. Aren't we picking a name for this gambling podcast?
1: Yeah, but we haven't gotten to that yet. Oh, okay. That's a whole different I just, thing. You
0: guys were texting me about it yesterday, and I wasn't here. I was with Carolyn going to every business in Missoula. Uh,
1: <laughs> gosh, she's a hustler, man. Yeah. And a great, uh, and a great radio segment. That's a great segment. All right, Coulter. Let's. Uh, by the way, last week, if you're keeping track at home, which I expect you to be, three, two, and one. That was me. Coulter one, four, and one. That was him. We so continue he- on. Green Bay, Denver, the Packers, a seven and a half point home favorite against the Denver Broncos. I am. I am surprised at this line. Green Bay, while being two and zero, has not looked great. Well, Denver's looked terrible, so Denver has looked really bad and that is disappointing I thought Denver was going to be a team that might take a step forward this year Uh, I think they're in a better quarterback situation I thought they would be with Joe Flacco than what they've been and I really was excited about Vic Fangio uh, taking over that defense but to this point hmm, not so much for the Denver Broncos so in the rematch of Super Bowl I don't know what it was 1997 1996 1997 season of 96 Yeah, not, not, in, the 96 Super Bowl was Patriots Packers which Green Bay won thank you and then Green Bay Denver Brett Favre versus John Elway and Elway's first of two. Super Bowl uh, and uh, a famed game indeed uh, nonetheless the Packers seven and a half point favorites I, I don't know what to think about this game I don't think Green Bay has looked very good at all that said Denver has looked even worse and it is a home game, and it is still Aaron Rodgers. And frankly, the Green Bay Packers defense has been the thing that has just been blowing my mind with Mike Petton and what they got going. I don't know if Darius Smith is available or if he's out of this game. I got to check on that. Uh, but I think that Green Bay is, they should win this game at home in Lambeau. Seven and a half is a fair, I mean, that's a pretty big number by NFL standards. I think, I guess I'll go with the home favorite. I mean, I you know why? When in doubt, go with you know these are my two teams. You know the Denver Broncos, my first ever NFL game, Coulter, that I went to, Mile High, old Mile High, John Elway versus Bernie Kosar and the Browns.
0: First NFL game I went to was at Mile High as well as Chiefs Broncos, and it was the worst game I ever seen
1: in my life. Tim Peepo throwing grounders. <laughs> and getting just ragdolled by Tom Holley. There was no ground balls thrown in the football game I attended, I must tell you. Uh, anyhow, so I uh, I I have been my father's Broncos fan. I grew up in, uh, rooting for Denver as well, but I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers in the seven and a half points to cover that thing because I just think that Denver has not, they have not figured it out here. I'm picking Denver at home to cover. Denver's not at home. It's in Green Bay.
0: Oh, okay, I'm picking the Packers. God, really? Three. Yep. You're just switching like that just because of yep. the venue. Yep. Okay. Yep. I thought the, the Broncos would figure it out at least a little bit more if, if they're at home. But if it's in Lambeau, I mean, that's. There's only about eight real deal home field advantages left in the NFL, and those are two of them.
1: Yeah. Well, and Denver certainly is. And if they're not there, it's a different deal. Okay. So you and I are both on, on Green Bay. Dallas, I put this on the list just because this is just. Uh, it's just this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. A twenty-three point favorite against the Miami Dolphins, the hapless and awful Dolphins. It's just ridiculous. This How? game is in Dallas. Um, I am. I don't know what to do. Okay, let's just be clear. In terms of rooting, this is Team Number Thirty Two versus Team Number Thirty One. Okay, Why I.
0: Why do you hate the Dolphins I, so much? I mean, what kind of question is that? Who, Look at them. Who hates the Dolphins, though? I do. You know, you're the one... <laughs> this, uh, this makes no sense, though, because you love the Browns. You actually, They were like your second favorite team when
1: they were 0-16. The Browns, the Browns being bad in a market that cares and shows up and wants them to be good and their just inability to get out of their own way is different from just, let's go to South Beach and hang out in pastel colors for a season and then we're out. Collect our checks and bounce, get them out of here, the Dolphins. I can't stand the Dolphins. In any case, I I I would I would have I would feel compulsed to pick Miami. Totally, but I don't I don't I don't know if I can. They did get Taco Charlton. Maybe he's got all the Cowboys secrets. They cut ta- Taco from the Cowboys earlier this week, and Miami picked him up. Did they get him for like two million dollars? I mean overpaid at that point, right? I mean, they, 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 they cut a first-round draft pick two years after he was drafted. Mm-mm, something's wrong there. I am I guess I will take the Dolphins because the number is just so egregiously large. Uh, and, you know, because of my unfailing love for Josh Rosen, who is now taking over as the quarterback <laughs> for uh, the Dolphins. But I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'll take... I will take Miami to... To cover the spread, try and lose by just three touchdowns.
0: I mean, Conventional wisdom says you're right because it can't. Conventional wisdom says it can't get worse, and if it does get worse, I don't know what Miami's gonna do. I, they gave up 102 points the first two weeks of the season. That is unprecedented. Mm. I did the research; that's never happened. It happened one time: the expansion Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave up 102 points in a two week span. That's it, in terms of. Over a hundred in the first two weeks of the year—that's unbelievable.
1: And you know the offense is contributing to that a lot. I mean, that's there's some defensive scores in there. It's not just the sieve defense, right? Didn't I mean? Didn't the Patriots score three defensive touchdowns last week Something in like a forty-three that. nothing win? Forty-four fantasy points for the Patriots defense in my league. <laughs> Forty-four. Uh, um,
0: uh, that's going to become the strategy.
1: <laughs> just pick whoever what, defense, the defense that the Dolphins are playing. Who, who's got the Cowboys defense? Do you? Oh yes.
0: Oh nice. That's good. Speaking of, I need to get Antonio Brown
1: out of my fantasy line-up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, if you oh, haven't man. yet, drop A.B. from your fantasy lineups. Um, okay, I I, uh, I, I, I Conventional
0: Wisdom says that Miami has to figure out a way to cover, even if it is losing you know, 28-7 to or 31-10 or something. But I just don't think they got it in them. I don't think Josh Rosen is the answer whatsoever. I think it actually could get worse before it gets better.
1: So, but I don't know if it could get worse. I don't know if it really gets worse than 43 nothing in it, the it, NFL. No. It, it will not get worse, but it might not get better. How's it going to
0: get better, right? I mean, Taco Charlton is the only player on Miami on their defense. I just look at their depth chart. He's the only player I know who he is. The only one. That's amazing. You don't have one guy who is a brand-name guy? I mean, name, name somebody on the Dolphins besides Josh Rosen and Taco Charlton. Uh,
1: It uh, was Minka Fitzpatrick. He's out. He's out. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, okay. I don't know. Who are their wide receivers? Devontae
0: Parker. Oh, yeah, Devontae Parker. That's it, as far as guys I know. Okay, great. So we can name three guys. That is the low of all NFL teams, I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Mike Gusecki from Penn State. Ryan Fitzpatrick,
1: I can name him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm picking the Dolphins. Or, or excuse me, I'm picking the Cowboys. Okay. Dolphins and the boys. Yep. Let the Wingate
0: by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: Uh, okay, that's absurd. Moving on. This is the uh, the battle for the NFL future right here, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, and more specifically Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has been, I mean, granted he opened the season at Miami. Okay, we understand now what that wasn't, but he is he he is progress significantly it looks like uh, from uh, year one to year two and uh, he's no Patrick Mahomes let's not kid ourselves there but he's a very very good football player uh, and Baltimore is a good team Baltimore this game in Kansas City by the way Chiefs home game five and a half point favorite the Kansas City Chiefs in this game Coulter, what are you going to do with this I got the Chiefs you know what I got but, but Tiger Kill's not playing you see this well, I mean, he's got a broken collarbone, doesn't right. he? He's out, right? He's out for a
0: while, right? Six. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Six, eight, six to eight weeks. Yeah.
1: Okay. Was there? Wh- I still were, got the did Chiefs. You think he was playing in this game? No,
0: I just I saw a tweet that he was out, but then I remember that yeah. rapidly. Remember that he had that collarbone injury. Yes,
1: he uh, he is out. Uh, you got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. Mm, Road okay. dogs right. and those points. I, uh, I like the Ravens' defense more than I like the Kansas City defense. And uh, I like the Chiefs' offense, of course, more than I like any other offense in football. The Chiefs, the Arrowhead is one of those eight stadiums. that's a real deal home field advantage. But I think this is a, like a barometer game for uh, Baltimore, and I think that John Harbaugh finds a way to keep this thing close, uh, if not win outright. So I will, I will get on Baltimore's bandwagon right here, and you can, uh, you can have Kansas City probably a smart play. It's not, I mean, five and a half points, it's so a decent number. Uh, okay, Seattle, our game of the week here, Coulter. Seattle Seahawks, again, this game will be on 1029 ESPN Radio, noon Mountain Standard Time, with the pregame show, 225 kickoff against New Orleans. Uh, the Saints come in as four point underdogs. Uh, obviously, uh, the the uh, Seahawks enjoy a significant home field advantage as well. And while there's a lot of good players, there is not the best player, and that being Drew Brees on the uh, on the Saints team. So they are four point underdogs in this game. Seattle has won its previous two games by a combined three points. Uh, so where are you at with the Seattle New Orleans game? Here?
0: Teddy Bridgewater didn't look good last
1: week. No, he did not.
0: If they really either shot like like Michael Sean Dugger said, either Sean Payton's playing coy, and they're trying they they're saying they're going to use two quarterbacks, but they're not or they are, and either way, it's bad. <laughs> because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is good enough, and if they go with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, it might get the Seahawks spinning a little bit early, but I just I, Taysom Hill Taysom Hill is a great slash in the NFL, but he's not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. He's an NFL athlete, certainly, and he's an NFL playmaker. I mean, he scores touchdowns in NFL games, so he's a great player, but he's just not an NFL quarterback. So I, I think that the Seahawks will win this game handily.
1: Um, I am... My one hesitation on Seattle in this game is they have historically been really, really poor, especially in the first half when they've traveled to the Eastern time zone. And I know that that has been a point of emphasis for Pete Carroll. And guess what they did? They finally traveled to the Eastern time zone and played well and won a football game. And granted, it was with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, missing most of it. But they went to Pittsburgh, a team that needed a win. I mean, if if ever a team needed a win in week two, it was – Pittsburgh coming off of that shellacking. And now Pittsburgh's in a tailspin without their quarterback. But Seattle is 2-0, and they got a big win, and they got a big road win. And the the thing that I'm worried about is usually when they go to the East Coast, they come back and they pound teams because they're so unhappy with the way that they played and they they put it all together and now you come back and I mean not to say that there's going to be you know some weird contentment that creeps in when you're only in the, the third week of the season but I think you know all of a sudden you start to rely on your home field advantage rather than you know giving giving the juice to it yourself and and that is something that worries me but uh, this the 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 Saints are a better team top to bottom than Seattle is but not without Drew Brees and not in Seattle. And that is, I mean, that's a major, major loss that the Saints have. I do think this game is, uh, I mean, I, I think this game could very well be a field goal football game. And so I kind of like New Orleans against the number, but I've been to too many games in Seattle, man. It's weird there. It's, 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 it's weird in a great way <laughs> for, for Seattle, where it just works out for them almost without exception. And so I will take Seattle to cover the four points. And I'll lay the number and uh, and have them beating what I think is a very good a, a Super Bowl-contending New Orleans Saints team. But without their quarterback, I'll, I'll take Seattle. Yep, I got the Hawks too. Jams at Cleveland. Sunday nighter. Love the Sunday night football and love it when it is the Cleveland Browns on national television. This game in Cleveland. Against the Los Angeles Rams, obviously the former Super Bowl uh, uh, representatives of the NFC. And the Rams are a road favorite in this game, as they should be. A three-point favorite, though, is all in Cleveland. Uh, Coulter, what do you got here? I got the Rams. Um, Now, you know what I want. The Browns. But I still don't believe in the Browns. They got to prove it. They got to prove it. And I think this is the opportunity to prove it. And I don't think they will prove it.
0: The NFL is week to week, certainly, but after watching how how awful the Titans look last night, and I get it, it's Sunday night or it's Thursday night football. Teams yeah. often look awful. Yeah. But the Titans just aren't good. And they killed the Browns in week one. So to me the Brown the
1: jury's still out on the Browns. The jury's a hundred percent out on the Browns, and I am a little bit I don't think the Rams are gonna be as good this year as they were last year. Even with the return of Cooper Cup, I just don't think that that they are going to be as good. But they are an established good to very good team. I mean, they're they're a top team in the NFC. Where the Browns are one and one and looked awful week one, and then looked kind of mediocre, but won the game handily because they ended up playing a backup quarterback in week two. So I am I am a long ways from being on the. I'm on the hype train. I'm not on the expectation train with the Cleveland Browns, and I will be uh, rooting like crazy for the Browns to win this football game, but I'm going to take the Rams to cover that three-point spread. Um, so there you go. There's five games down. We'll do the rest of the games for the podcast. You can tune into the podcast and check that out. Hey, want to remind everybody, too, we are starting once again. It's a new season, a new year. Our match firm student athlete of the week going to be rolling here uh, very shortly and you can nominate students and it doesn't have to be an athlete can be, but it can be any kid who's doing good, giving back in their community. You go online to mattress firm, mt.com slash students, mattress firm, mt.com slash students. And you can nominate a kid, to be the Mattress Firm student of the uh, week. And every kid that is nominated is automatically available to be the Mattress Firm student of the year. And the kid at the end of the year, $3,000 scholarship from Mattress Firm. Great stuff uh, from them. So, again, mt.com slash students is where you go to register. If you got a kid that you want to put in there, uh, you can do that. It is Tutel 2 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break. On the other side. We are going to get into what you got coming up this weekend on ESPN Radio: College Football tonight, College Game Day tomorrow, NFL on Sunday, and our first ever Two-Tell nuanas two-minute mashup next. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that—we don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. I need more Borns in my life. <laughs> you have a strange affinity for uh, female alternative rockers. The, the exception being that this is actually a male alternative
0: rocker. What do I know? I couldn't even told you who it was, and I couldn't have told you who Bournes was either.
1: That's Bournes. This is Bournes. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and he's a man, but he does... Sing at a pretty high octave, all things considered. I mean, this day and age, who knows, who cares, doesn't matter. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well. And there you can get our podcast, 1029 ESPN.com, or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the whole show and more. In fact, we will have additional material for you in the podcast Did not make air. Uh, specifically, NFL picks against the spread. So listen to the podcast. Podcast available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Uh, and, uh, Coulter, a couple of things for the people. Excited tonight. We didn't even really talk about this. But Utah-USC, a Pac-12 matchup. The first, Now, we're finally getting into conference play at the FBS level. And USC-Utah... It's a big game to get things started off. The Utes three and O, USC two and one. USC looking like eh, eh, mm, maybe not quite as good as uh, you know people thought they were going to be. Anyway, seven o'clock kickoff. We will uh, go to that game at six thirty. So a half an hour uh, after we are done here, we'll have the pregame show for you, and then uh, Utah at USC. Also, by the way, Air Force, Boise State. That is on ESPN. Uh, if you're looking for that on television But Utah USC here on ESPN Radio So happy to have that uh, for you Also tomorrow Coulter and I are going to be live On location It is our tailgate party down there, ESPN College Game Day on the air. The Grizzly Monmouth pregame show at 11.30 a.m. We'll be on the air getting you ready for a 1 o'clock kickoff at Washington Grizzly Stadium tomorrow. Come on over to the tailgate party adjacent to the walking bridge across from uh, the Eastgate Shopping Center. We got pizza for you from Domino's, free pop water and Gatorade from Pepsi. The Badlanders got the bar open. You got to have clear plastic uh, carrying bags, which you need now to go into Washington Grizzly Stadium from M- MSO Hub. Some vehicles. From uh, Carl Tyler Chevrolet and, of course, the off-road stuff, which is so sweet. From uh, Kurtz Polaris, some footballs to throw around from the advocates and all kinds of stuff. Good time down there to uh, be had by all. So stop by the tailgate party, say hi, grab some swag, get some free goodies, get a drink, get some food, get some pizza in you, and uh, have yourself a, a fine Saturday afternoon. Again, on the air, 1130 a.m. on your radios as you are driving into the game or wherever you are. We'll get you set with all that. Going to talk about Jerry Lou McGee breaking the record. We'll hear from JLM tomorrow. We will also hear from Bobby Helk about JLM and uh, and get, some, get you set for the rest of the big sky conference schedule as well tomorrow. So there you go. That's what's going on. All right. And then uh yes, yeah, Seattle, the Seahawks uh, at noon on Sunday with the pregame show 225. They kick off their full slate of uh, football all weekend starting this very night. We have it now. We have uh we have some some folks who have been doing some work for us. They're behind the scenes. And uh, for the first time ever, we are going to have our tell on, two tell new 2-minute Mashup, the two minute drill, as it were. The whole week condensed into two minutes of sound for you to uh, mostly finish off a of Friday. Let's hit it. Hello, Montana.
0: It, it did not exceed Washington State Stadium in terms of, of
1: volume. Speaking with Jerry Lou McGee just after. The- after the fact, uh, he said exactly to me, he's like, hey man, it was fun to play there, but not louder than Washington Risa Stadium. Let's hear from Bobby Howe. You know, there's lots of
0: things that are fun about coaching Jerry. Perfectly okay to throw shade. <laughs> Perfectly okay to throw shade at Bob Stitt. That's allowed. That's the one personality you can give.
1: You know, it was pretty tough catching all those bubbles first two years. <laughs> all you gotta do is, is go talk to him and and, and and see him to understand why he would have been maybe overlooked. But all you gotta do is watch him play to go that that was a miss on everybody's part. And now, Montana State head coach Jeff Choke. Happy to get out of McComb with a win. Really not excited to go back there anytime soon. It was not a great environment. It was not well organized. I don't know anything else to say, but It is what it is. We got the W. We're moving on.
0: Everybody saddle up. Picarero is going to be the best player, the best visiting player that comes to Montana this weekend.
1: We have Monmouth head football coach Kevin Callahan. Back in
2: 2013, when we went out to Bozeman, we had a a day. We were playing on, I guess, a Thursday night. So we had some time during the day. uh, The day before,
1: we took our kids on a hike in a state park and uh, actually ended up getting five players lost. I guarantee there won't be any hikes or or treks in the woods this time. And now Norfolk State head coach Latrell Scott. These guys coming from the beach over here at that station, they're going to wander off too far, because I don't really think that uh, any of my guys would, 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 would plan a trip to Montana. Let's hear from Bobby Howe. Hey, again, it's more about the... With the Ws, when you have good players, you get to win more. I knew that this was going to make you mad. Like, who cares about
0: mascot battle royales? I want to hear Mike Leach talk about football. Mike Leach is so out there that he really has no control of what he's going to say in a press conference. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up
1: on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Tom, how are you? I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like Tom is jinxed. You know what I mean, Mm Coulter? I'm not just. There you are. Do you know any other Black Crowes songs? Yes. Do I? <laughs> Very well done. That is uh that's 2 minutes of uh of pure gold. That takes a lot of work to get done and it was uh, excellently done. Shout out David
0: The funniest part is that all the work is on David's side. We're just being idiots, and David is just marking it and making it concise for everybody to consume in one two-minute bit. Speak for yourself. You're being
1: an idiot. I'm just being me. No. (laughs) Maybe the same thing. I
0: think you just summed up the
1: whole thing. (laughs) The point is, is yours is an act. Mine's real. This is it. I'm going home. The same thing. Just tackling toddlers in my house. Anyhow, I'm uh, not jinxed. Coulter, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be down there early, man. 9 a.m. What do you think? You want to come down, hang nope. out? Nope. 11.25, huh? Mm, no, I'll be down there. About 10.30. Oh, that's good. You're going to hit the weight room. What? Yeah, When's I the do. last time you lifted a weight? Uh,
0: I've lifted three times this week. I took five and a half months off, which is the longest time i of my know life. Gotten,
1: well, here's the thing. You know, you've been riding the bike, though. See. Yeah,
0: I have. I've been working out still, but I, I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I started lifting weights when I was 13 years old, and I never took more than maybe a i'd say maximum of a 3 week break in my whole life until
1: this last late or early spring and then I started doing cycling instead well i'm glad to have been a part of that hiatus uh, i realized that uh, working out is just absurd and <laughs> it, everybody's just sort of natural gifts are what they are That's and just i won only the lottery mostly not true okay. you 100%. did win the lottery though 100% boys and girls we'll see it tomorrow morning at the pregame show come on down to the tailgate hang out spend some time with us we'll be on the air at 11 30 with espn college game day and then again uh, at noon on sunday with the seahawks game enjoy usc utah tonight 6:30. we're gonna rock and roll with some back 12 after dark have a great weekend